power rankings teams 16 through one, the top half of the league on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We appreciate all of you everydayers out there. You should become an everydayer if you are not. All you got to do is subscribe up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. So what we're doing here is we're breaking down Pro Football Focus's latest pre-training camp power rankings for the NFL. It was number 32 to 17 yesterday. We're going to the top now, 16 to number one today. And what we disagree with their list, what we agree about with their list, and, and what things changed for them the most in this offseason, the biggest impact moves for each of these teams. And Matt and I will be doing our own power rankings as we get closer to the regular season. After the preseason is usually when we drop our first, you know, week one power rankings and check in every month or so with power rankings of our own for the uh, for the NFL season. But we're taking a look at PFF's list today, Matt. And that brings us to team number 16, which is the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, it's funny. We finished yesterday with the Steelers and now we go to Seattle and I bring that up because more and more, and maybe I'm just getting old and growing up in Pittsburgh stability in these organizations to me is super important. And Pete Carroll blew me away last year. I mean, I thought they were going to be a bottom five team after trading Russell Wilson at this time last year. Like, is it going to be Drew Locke or Geno Smith? What's the difference? They both stink, you know, and they had a really good year and they're, Speaking of Wilson, they're starting to really get the fruits of that trade with all these young influx of young players. You add Draymond Jones to a defensive line that needed a boost for sure. And I really like the direction this team's going. I'm still not out of the woods that Geno's as good as he was last year. I mean, even he faded a little down the stretch. But I've come to the conclusion that this team is going to be in it. You know, like this looks like a playoff team to me, especially in the NFC. It's amazing how quickly you can rebuild, and it's going to go down yeah. potentially as one of the better trades in NFL history, maybe, with what yeah, they do, because when you add on top, because collecting picks is one thing, but you got to utilize the picks. And last year, they had the best draft in the NFL. And so depending on how well Geno plays and how good this draft looks, which is, you know, Devin Witherspoon was their first selection. And, you know, this is un Pete Carroll-like to go corners that high, too. So they must sure. really love themselves some Devin Witherspoon. So um, this is going to be a fun team to watch and, and how well Geno Smith plays. And if he truly is that quarterback for if, if he's basically it's, it's Mr. Right versus Mr. Right now conversation with Geno Smith. And does he look more like first half Geno or second half Geno um, for the Seattle Seahawks this year? And I do want to say, I mean, big shout out to the listeners in the Seattle metro area, Matt and I, before the podcast, we were, uh, we were looking at, you know, where our listenership is around the mm -hmm. world and, uh, and around uh, different cities and, and the biggest listenerships per city in the world. Pittsburgh is one Seattle's top five and crazy. Yeah. Surprisingly and hell big hello. And uh, glad to be speaking to you every day. Our Australia listeners, Sydney, Australia was a top five 
city in the so world cool. yeah. listening to Peacock and Williamson. Maybe we have to travel there and do a show from Sydney. Let's go. I, I love it. Cool. I've been to uh, New Zealand. I've never oh, been to you? Australia. Yeah, I had my honeymoon in New Zealand. Wow, that's cool. Okay. Team number 15 on the power rankings is the Detroit. I, going back to the Seahawks really quick, man. Yeah, yeah. We're starting to get into teams and, you know, like the Steelers, the Packers. Really, it started with the Packers at 18. Teams where you're like, oh, you could definitely write the story that this is a playoff team. It's, it's harder, f- like, I think Seattle's going to be good, and I think Seattle's mm-hmm. going to be in the playoff hunt. But it's harder for me to say, man, I think this is a a, a Super Bowl team. That story's a little bit harder to write for me. But I'd be shocked if they were that, just because of how much good young talent and how well coached they are. And I think Geno's at least a level of quarterback where they're not going to completely be terrible and, and you know have that unfortunate collapse that you didn't see coming or something like that. I 100% agree, and I think a lot of that's Pete Carroll, the organization. And even if I am a little worried about Gino that he might come back to earth or turn into a pumpkin or whatever cliche you want, I don't think he's going to be bad. I mean, I still think they'll be able to he'll, – he'll distribute the ball to those three receivers. They'll run the ball well. I'd be shocked if they don't make the playoffs in the NFC, where this next team I think is a lot more volatile. I, I would say that. More upside, more downside potentially mm-hmm. with the Detroit Lions. Uh, not, and maybe if you just took the name out of it, just maybe there's something in the back of my mind where it's like, Detroit Lions, they always screw something up my entire life. So can we really right. this team is going to go, maybe even be the one seed in the NFC, right? They've got a lot of talent. They address some things in the secondary, not long-term, but more short-term moves there, aside from drafting Brian Branch, which PFF points out here is, is maybe their biggest impact player from the draft and i don't disagree there i, I really like that draft pick my favorite pick they made was brian branch in my the favorite. second round for the detroit lions it was their fourth selection they made too so uh, a lot of young talent there that could help make good for jared goff and the offense and um you know really the the most work that needs to be done on the defensive side of the ball yeah and i'm rooting for them i mean that fan base has not had it easy um i, I you know you and i were critical of their draft from a value perspective but not immediate impact. You know, we're talking about how good the team is now. Well, a linebacker to running back and a tight end and branch could help a lot right now. I mean, they got better, not, for sure. yeah, yeah, they got better. No doubt. I mean, we're not talking about, is that the best usage of picks from a team building big picture scenario in this particular exercise, but my big concerns, and it's the opposite of the Steeler Seattle conversation is they've never really won and have no history of doing it. And teams that always take that big step forward, nine out of 10 times take a little step back before they start to really progress. And, you know, I have all respect in the world for that coaching staff, but they haven't been around the block like Tomlin and Carroll and those guys either. So I I think that I'm hoping they do well. I'm just not hitching my wagon to the lions, to be honest with you, you know, as, Oh, they're going to win the division. No problem. You know, I don't see them that way. A lot of times in the NFL, when teams turn the corner, they arrive and they arrive quickly. Did the mm-hmm. Detroit Lions turn that corner? And now it's like, oh, we're going to always talk about the Detroit Lions in the top eight teams in the NFL after this season. Or are they going to be, you know, are they going to fall back? And so that that's a huge storyline. And with, with um, yeah, I think both these teams are similar in that way, too, with the Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions. And I, I would think that they should be higher than this because this is kind of how they finished their season and they both got better. So that must be a function of just the teams in front of them didn't get worse. But I don't know if I would maybe put the Minnesota yeah, Vikings sure in, that, right. in that group. So you're looking at the Vikings at 14. 
I got to take Detroit and Seattle over them. I mean, I'm taking the Steelers. I'm taking the Packers over those ones. I mean, a handful of these teams we brought up recently, maybe New England, I might put over Minnesota right now. And we had a really good conversation with with Luke from um, Locked on Vikings. That was last week, I think. And there's just concerns. There's holes. I think they're kind of riding the fence between rebuilding and competing. I, I don't think there's only 13 teams better than them. I think they're more like the 20th best team in the league. And that defense, to me, could be one of the worst in the league. So that's where I go. So uh, kind of similar in the same division there. They're going to have similar schedules to play with the Lions and the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And if you look at how those teams are built and the Lions struggled on defense, especially early last year, they tried to fix those things and address some of those problems this offseason. And they did get better towards the end of the year last year. They're going to have you know probably a better offense than defense still, just like the Vikings are. But I like sure. the Lions. I think the Lions have passed up the Vikings defensively now this year. No doubt. So, and potentially the offense, I mean, Justin Jefferson aside, I like just about everything else about the, the Lions offense. Quarterbacks kind of similar, you know, Goff and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and Cousins, Cousins very park, similar yeah. tier of quarterback. And I just more playmakers on the Detroit Lions, better offensive line, maybe even for the Detroit Lions as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Give me the Lions. Give me Seattle over the Vikings all day long. And like you mentioned, probably those teams at 17 and 18 in the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Green Bay Packers as well. Yeah, yeah. I lumped the Patriots in too just because there's a little more stability. I mean, it's a second-year head coach, and I, I just see a lot of volatility with the Vikings. And defensively, I don't think it goes particularly well. All right, so uh, apologies to the uh, – Looking at the map of cities, I don't think Minneapolis was very high there. So um, pick so it up, spread the word. <laughs> more <laughs> listeners, we'll see a thousand more listeners in Minneapolis, and we'll we'll move you up our power rankings before week one here on Peacock and Williamson Vikings fans. Okay, um, next we're going to move on to teams number thirteen through number one in the power rankings pre twenty twenty three training camp. Next. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And Matt and I were talking off the air. Things like LinkedIn jobs, that didn't exist for us. And especially you, Matt, or starting earlier in your career. Like, how great would it have been to network? Because most of the jobs you've gotten have been word of mouth, networking, right? And that's one of the Mm -hmm. great things about LinkedIn jobs is you can, you know, people can see, oh, not only is this a qualified candidate, but they're networking with this person and this person who we trust, right? And that would be so helpful in the job market and would be so helpful back in the day when you're just oh man, <laughs> writing letters to people, right? And put it in the mail. <laughs> right, 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 right. Application. All you do is you add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, spreading the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and eventually hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. 
So we are on to team number 13, Matt. And I think we might have a similar conversation, or at least I will, about mm-hmm. the New York Giants coming in at number 13. And I would probably package Minnesota and New York and bump them down the list behind most of the same teams we talked about. I, I'm not quite, I'm a b- big believer in Brian Dable. I love what he did showing up to this uh, organization and, and really making him more respectable and turning this into a playoff team. But as far as the pieces that he's dealing with, I don't trust really anybody but Saquon Barkley. And when you're talking about a running back, the biggest reason why running backs don't matter in the NFL is attrition. So if Saquon Barkley goes down, where does this team go? Um, I will say they're a little bit different than the Vikings uh, than in, in, the, uh, in the way that they have, a, I believe, in the pieces and, and what they have on defense a little bit more. Yeah, I I hundred percent with you and everything you just said. Uh, they would be below Pittsburgh, Seattle for sure. You know, the Vikings and Giants to me, record wise, probably outkicked their coverage more than any teams in the league last year. Got some bounces, won some close games that might not you know go their way going forward. I do think they have their head coach though. So I mean, I'm not bashing the Giants. They're as bad as they were pre Dayball for what five, six, seven years. I think this organization is very much trending the right way. I thought it was a good offseason. You know, Deontay Banks, they drafted a center, signed some linebackers, actually have some pass catchers for Daniel Jones. But I know your feelings. I still have a lot of doubts about Daniel Jones. And and one of the things that I think these teams can take comfort in is not only are you ranked in the top half of the league, I think your floor with almost all of these teams are, are pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Like the Seahawks, it's hard for me to see them completely tanking this year and earning a pick in the, you know, the top five, ten of the draft. Same with the Steelers, same with the the Lions. Mm-hmm. But I can see things falling apart for the Giants too. I mean, it just just yeah. head coach isn't enough alone. And so Vikings and Giants coming back to earth a little bit, some regression already and um the Giants got a little better. I think the Vikings got worse. Those two teams I'm a little bit worried about, and I think they're both way too high in these rankings. I 100% agree. I think they're more like the 18th best teams, not the 13th, 14th. How about this one? Number they're tough for me, too, this one coming up. I'll be The honest. Jacksonville Jaguars, how good can they be? How much do we believe in them? They've got their young star quarterback. They figured out the whole coaching thing last year after the, the Urban Meyer debacle. There's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. They brought in... Uh, they drafted a tackle, Anton Harrison, in the first round this year. Um, they've done a lot of trading and added a lot of draft picks and a lot of talent to this football team. How good can Jacksonville Jaguars be? This is We're getting into the meat of playoff territory here now with the top 12 teams in the league. And I think they're properly ranked. I mean, I do think probably these top 12 stand alone, but they are the bottom of that group for me. And, you know, again, they can take great solace in we have our coach, we have our quarterback. I mean, I have no doubt about that. Where the Giants have their coach, I don't know if they have their quarterback. You know, I mean, Seattle, you know, in Minnesota, is their quarterback going to still be around? Yeah. But I also think things are about to get tougher for the Jags, too. I mean, now they're the favorite. I'm sure they have more primetime games. You know, they're revolving door to tackle spot. You know, now there's pressure on all these young defensive players to step up. And it wouldn't shock me if they took a small step back. Still won a bad division, but we're nine or 10 win team. You talk about prime time and I think, Oh man, but Trevor Lawrence, dude was playing prime time games. When he was 17 years old. So oh, yeah, true. Uh, it's probably not going to affect him too much. And if you do have that, I mean, we're talking about a star track quarterback 
if Trevor Lawrence is that guy, and man, it kind of looks like he's there. Year three, I mean, that's the best place you can be as an organization. You're going into year three with your star track quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of it, right? I, I think the sky's the limit for the for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll be talking about this team deep into January. I think it's possible. I'm not quite ready to jump I'm on board predict- there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want. I, yeah, I'm not predicting that. Right, but right. I, nobody should be surprised if that's where we are with the Jaguars. I mean, Lawrence can be that good. I mean, he can he can buoy everybody up or you know eliminate a lot of problems if they arise or when they arise. How about those Miami Dolphins coming in at number eleven on the list? They their big move this offseason was bringing in Jalen Ramsey to an already really good defense, and they brought in Vic Fangio to be the coordinator for that defense, and they already have an offensive wizard. Uh, at, with an offensive coordinator, if Tua is healthy, th- this is going to be a fun team. Can Tua stay healthy is the question because you do all that work, and then you know Tua, and I'm, I'm almost a little bit worried about him because those yeah. concussions last year were scary. If he gets bumped on the head again, uh, we, we could be talking about his career and, and and who's behind him and 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 who's going to to take you there. Um, and, and is two is that good enough, good if healthy to take them there anyway? So, the Miami Dolphins is a pretty fascinating team going into 2023. Yeah, I think they're extremely fascinating. I mean, it's a second year head coach, but he goes and brings in Vic Fangio. I mean, like one of the most respected defensive guys out there. And they sign David Long, they get Ramsey, you know, and they draft a corner pretty high. They traded for Chubb before that. I mean, they're all in. I mean, you talk about a volatile team. They're in it to win it, you know, before they have to pay Tua and all those moves, aggressive as can be. So I think they're fun. I mean, I, I do think Tua's health is the massive story. That's the keep your fingers crossed situation. But I also have a hunch that they kind of like Mike White. I mean, they went and grabbed him like the first day of, of free agency that they probably think they can at least get out of games with him or survive. What that am I thinking? Go ahead. I yeah. stop on Mike White just for a second. We don't have time to go too deep in, in any of these teams, but – that was the most interesting because clearly mm-hmm. if you have a quarterback you're worried about, I would have thought going more the veteran route. Um, Keeping uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, right, exactly. The Bridgewater right, right, right. quarterback, right. which they already had. So Mike White, they must either really love him or they thought, okay, this is – we can't pay a $12 million backup. So who's mm-hmm. the best cheap backup we can get? Mike White. And so that was an interesting signing and it could very well come into play for the Dolphins. Yeah, I brought it up for that exact reason because they did it like the instant free agency opened. And when they when teams do that, I think they love them, not just they settle for them. You know what I mean? Like they targeted Mike White for whatever reason, right or wrong. Um, one concern I do have, though, is this team is so dependent on two pass catchers. You know, like if Ty- if one of those guys isn't on the field, you're throwing to Wilson and, I mean, they don't even have tight ends. You know, like they are so dependent on two pass catchers. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, and, and I think they're a similar team. They're kind of the AFC version of the 49ers in that the, the quarterback right now is a kind of an unknown, but I mean, they're just, they're ready for prime time for the most part elsewhere. Yeah. 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 I, I mostly agree with that. Yes. I a hundred percent do. And they still have the track record yet. They're kind of behind the 49ers as far as mm-hmm. track record goes. And they could use a Kittle, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's get into the top 10 here. Team right. number 10 is the Baltimore Ravens. And this is only the second team in the AFC North to show up on this list. If you want to know what kind of a juggernaut division that is, is this suddenly the best division in the NFL, Matt? 
It's the East or the North in the AFC to me. And I don't think either division has a weakness. I mean, if the Steelers and Patriots are your weakest teams, well, they've won a lot of games in the last 10 years. So I think that both these divisions are really solid. Baltimore absolutely epitomizes that Pete Carroll Tomlin conversation we were having too. Like, even if things go wrong, the bottom's never going to fall out for this team. I love that they've surrounded Lamar with what looks, I mean, I think these weapons are a little volatile too. One's a rookie. Odell hasn't played in a year and a half and Bateman's hurt all the time, but on paper, it looks like they got serious pass catchers. They'll run the ball. Well, strangely, I'm a little worried about the defense. I mean, their pass rush is really reliant on guys like Ajabo and, uh, uh, the, the dude they drafted Owe. before that. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, unproven high upside dudes, you know. It, it, they're a bizarre team because they're, they feel they very are. different than they have in the past. And yes, uh, it's all about the offense now. And they re-upped Lamar. You talked about the, the sort of volatile talent, the receiving talent mm-hmm. that he's going to have to throw to, and you hope those guys stay healthy. Uh, and a new offensive coordinator. So, I mean, there, this is a huge line. There's There was a pre-2023 Baltimore Ravens, and now there's going to be a post-2023 Baltimore Ravens with uh, the new contract for Lamar Jackson. He's sticking around, but what's that team going to look like on offense? New playmakers, new offensive coordinator. Can't wait to see how that comes together. Yeah, I mean, it's like Old Testament, New Testament for Lamar. I mean, like, it's <laughs> a totally different book to read, you know, and it could go phenomenal and like in these best ball drafts i'm drafting lamar left and right i mean i I, i'm in don't get me wrong but it is going to be different all right top nine next and how do these teams differentiate from each other in the nfl power rankings next i do want to thank everybody once again for making peacock and williamson your first listen every day here on the locked on podcast network from seattle to sydney uh we appreciate all of you make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Okay, team number nine on PFF's power rankings. Do we agree with the Cleveland Browns as a top 10 team in the NFL, Matt? I don't, but I don't, I'm not going to fight them hard. You know, these last two teams we mentioned, Baltimore, Miami, I would have ahead of Cleveland. I'm not sure about Jacksonville versus the Browns. I do think Watson will be noticeably better, but will he be a top five type quarterback like he was when they traded for him? I don't know about that. I like their offseason a lot. Quietly, you know, we talked about the offensive changes in Baltimore. I think there's going to be a lot more passing and a lot less reliant, reliance on Nick Chubb, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but they, they are catering to their quarterback who they're married to. I would have the Ravens ahead of them for sure, though, in the division. They added Juan Thornhill. They drafted Cedric Tillman. Is Cedric Tillman mm-hmm. a sneaky dynasty play, by the way, Matt? Yeah, because they have big-time cap problems. I don't know that Amari Cooper will be back after this year. And Watson throws a pretty deep ball. We'll see what it looks mm-hmm. like now because we haven't seen that that Deshaun Watson for so long. But the thing I really like as for the Browns to be better this year is they've they they should be better at the two most important things you can be better at as a football team that's quarterback and and pass rush so they got miles yes. some help both in the draft and and via trade and then um they added you know big body defensive linemen as well on top of it and then um just watson having another year and having a real a regular season a regular off season should just make them tons better so that's why you should be excited about the browns if you're a browns fan 100 and I do think Watson will be better. Um, my computer's being slow, but I was going to look it up. And, and there's just going to throw this one angle out there, though. 
Jacoby Brissett last year played very, very well. And I'm pulling up his EPA right now. He was 11th in EPA for the whole season. Will they get the 11th overall quarterback play? You know, I mean, you mean, will the Browns collectively or Watson, will they be 11th or better this upcoming year? I mean, so I just don't want to throw away what Brissett did. You know, I'm not guaranteed. I know Watson will be better than what he was last year. But will Watson be better than what Brissett was last year is my question. You know what right. I mean? Right. That's really interesting. Not only does he have to be better than he was, he has to be better than he and Brissett was. And Brissett right. played better than he did and played pretty well. Exactly. And that didn't get him to where they wanted to be anyway, you know. Los Angeles Chargers, number eight. Obviously, uh, Justin Herbert not breaking his ribs or puncturing his lung or whatever it was. He had that that weird injury early on in the season. You don't want um, any of those offensive injuries to keep happening that the Chargers have had. Uh, they brought in a young, healthy wide receiver, Quentin Johnston, in the first round of the draft to help mitigate some of those wide receiver injuries they've had. And then, you know, Brandon Staley, big year for him. You, you got to go into the playoffs and maybe win a couple playoff games or might mm-hmm. have a new coach in Los Angeles because there's too much talent for this team to kind of be in that 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 area they are where it's like, man, we're just trying to make the playoffs. This team should be charging into the playoffs, no pun intended. Oh, you intended. Um, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I was just saying this about the Browns too. Like if they go eight and nine, nine and eight, there could be a coaching change there. And I think the same thing is true with the chargers. I mean, you wouldn't think teams eight and nine in the power ranks have a, Oh, at least a warm seat for the head guy. Um, mentioned that we had a, you know, locked on Vikings folks on ours. I was, a vi- I visited the folks on locked on chargers last week. Go check that out. And a big theme with that conversation was, and I feel like I'm kind of nostalgic. It's July 4th and blah, blah, blah. I, you know, I've been around a long time, and Dan Fouts, Breeze, Rivers, Herbert. I mean, they've always had great quarterbacks, but this team never quite gets there. Like, June, July, I'm always in on this team, and then it never really comes to fruition. I, I don't think there's accidents with that. You know, the Chargers, the Browns, the Lions. We're going to talk about the Jets here. Those teams always let you down. <laughs> I don't think that's – I don't think that can be discounted. Yeah. Before we get to the Jets, how about the Dallas Cowboys coming in at number seven here? Really interesting graph at PFF and go to profootballfocus.com, pff.com and and find this whole list and all the interesting nuggets they have here. They drafted Mozzie Smith, uh, more of a nose tackle type of a defensive lineman in the first round. And why did they do that? Because they're bottom 10 in the NFL in in run defense grades last year, Matt. And they've had they've got dynamic pass rushers. Uh, they got to solidify the run to keep giving the ball back to their quarterback who hopefully doesn't throw as many interceptions and then we're talking about the Cowboys deep into the playoffs once again and and maybe winning more playoff games than they have in recent history yeah I'm a believer I I really am and um, I'm really think that it's the Eagles are the best team in the NFC I don't know if I would have Dallas or your Niners at number two considering the Niners quarterback situations I'm a huge Dak Prescott believer I know he threw too many picks didn't have a great year but I bet that isn't the case going forward. And so I, I think this is a really solid team that's hard to find weaknesses with. New York Jets at number six. Uh, are, are we talking about a warm? If the if the Aaron Rodgers thing doesn't work out for the Jets, because everyone's excited about him, I'm excited about him. I expect them to be really good. You plop in an MVP, you know, Hall of Fame type quarterback, even at Rodgers' age. He was an MVP two seasons ago. 
they should be a really good football team. They've got a lot of young talent on that team, both sides of the ball. But if they're not yeah. good and it doesn't work out, we're talking about a regime change potentially for the Jets. Yeah, I think this is a little volatile too. I mean, I would be – if Rodgers gets disgruntled, and I know this doesn't seem like much, but dealing with the media in Green Bay, Wisconsin, as opposed to the Big Apple, couldn't be any different. You know what I mean? Like, it's just going to be a culture shock. Oh, yeah. And if you're Rogers, he's been saying yeah. some stuff and he hasn't been afraid to, you know, if he says something a little weird, New York media is going to go crazy about it and they're going to go yeah. crazy about it anyway. So it's going to be very different, even for, for Aaron Rodgers. When they have a two game losing streak, it's going to be different than a two game losing streak in Green Bay. You know what I mean? Like it's just, and I don't know, with all respect to Robert Sala, I think he's fine, but he's not that Pete Carroll, you know, Harbaugh coach that's been down this road over and over and over. I would have them a little lower, but I could also write the story where they're playing in the Super Bowl. You know, Aaron Rodgers is giving the whole world the finger and saying, you know, he's motivated as could be and is and in the MVP candidacy. Yep. Uh, I expect it to go closer to that way than the other could. way. But there's, it could. There's, there could be some weirdness there in New York with Aaron Rodgers. Should be a lot of fun. Get your popcorn ready for that season. Uh, Dallas Cowboys at seven, Jets at six. Uh, after the Cowboys at seven, is that sort of the delineation for you with this top tier of teams? Or would you consider that line, say, above the Jets before the Buffalo Bills? I think there's five, to be honest with you. Um, no, six. I'm sorry. And the Jets wouldn't be in there and Dallas okay. would. Okay. Buffalo Bills at five. We, I mean, these top five teams, it's more about order. We know how good mm-hmm. these teams are. We know what the expectations are. Um, do you agree? Let's let's go this way with it, Matt. Do you agree with this order of the top five? Five, the Buffalo Bills, four, the Cincinnati Bengals, three, San Francisco 49ers, two, Philadelphia Eagles, one, defending champ, Kansas City Chiefs. Well, one would be the Chiefs, two would be the Eagles, five would either be the Niners or Bills. So since he is three for me, okay, yeah, and it's just a quarterback situation for your team right now. I mean, that's yeah. the, the big concern, you know. I mean, and I'm not sold on Purdy. I mean, I think he's impressive, but I'm just not sold on him. I mean, we're talking about Josh Allen, Burrow, Hertz, Mahomes, right? Pur- Purdy, you know, like one thing yeah, doesn't belong here, you know. Which one doesn't belong there? And it's like maybe he is the next Joe Montana, but we're gonna have to see a bigger sample. To start yeah, talking right, that right. way about Brock Purdy, as good as he played, and his numbers were uh, amazing at the end of last season. But let's Absolutely. see it again, right? Uh, the rest of the roster, obviously, ready to to be one of the better teams in the NFL. But I'm not going to fight you on that. It's hard. You, whoever the quarterback is for the 49ers, whether it's you know, especially if it's Sam Darnold, he's at 55 games, still hasn't shown you much good in the NFL. Trey Lance, we don't know what he is still after two seasons. Whichever mm-hmm. quarterback they have is, you're gonna, there's going to be a period of okay, prove to me who you are that before we start putting you at number one and even number three in the power rankings as good as the rest of the roster is. So I I won't fight you if if you put them at number five versus these other teams and you named all the quarterbacks. The one team that's interesting to me here in the top is the Philadelphia Eagles because they lost both coordinators. Yeah. It has to be somewhat of an impact when you lose the play caller on the offense and defensive side of the ball in the same offseason. Yeah. And I mean, their head coach is very impressive, but he's not Andy Reid. You know, like, I mean, this will be a new challenge for that staff, that organization. They have a great front office. I'd be shocked if they fall off, though. I mean, I think they're 12-plus wins almost no matter what, unless they just get destroyed with injuries because they're so good on both lines of scrimmage. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that that's – 
a, a great foundation for them that makes their floor very, very high. They, they did lose starters on both lines of scrimmage as well, though, too. So. They did. They did. And, but they and then they drafted a lot of dudes and, you know, <laughs> Jalen Carter. Still a really, I mean, yeah, come on. You, you lose Javon Hargrave and you're like, OK, cool. We'll just we'll plug in Jalen Carter. And oh, yeah, we got a first rounder from last year, too, on the interior of the mm-hmm. defensive line. So, I mean, obviously, well done with all the draft picks and, and replenishing the talent in Philadelphia. But we still got to see it all come together with the play callers. So for that reason, I would probably just pump the brakes a little on the Eagles. And I know they finished number two last year, but I'd probably put them more like four or five behind the Bengals and the bills, just because I know exactly what I'm going to get from those two teams. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Um, one little side note. I think it's interesting about the AFC is the chiefs, the bills, the Bengals and the Jags all won their division. So they're all going to play each other. You know, like that's going to be a lot of fun games, like this round Robin tournament of all the first place seeds in the AFC. Yeah, uh, well put. And and the AFC is a juggernaut. So many mm-hmm. good teams there, and and a lot of teams even got better over the course of the off season. So, all right, it's fun. I, I get excited talking about all these teams and getting ready for so the twenty twenty three season. Let us know which teams too high, which teams too low in those PFF power rankings. Uh, how do your personal power rankings look versus uh, how Matt and I were talking about where we would put our teams at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL? Get ready for this week's mailbag episode on Thursday and have a great and safe holiday for your July 4th. Matt's going to be crushing beers on the river. Is that where where you're That's exactly what I'm doing. A little after we hang up here, we're going to go down to a dock, get picked up by a boat with another family, go down to what we call the point where the two rivers meet and turn into the Ohio where all the stadiums are. It's downtown Pittsburgh. We're going to float around and get a good spot on the river and fireworks will be blowing up over our heads while we pound beer. So I'm going to have a good time. All right. Sunscreen up, Matt. Sunscreen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Layers. (laughs) Talk to everybody next time right here. Peacock and Williamson.